Welcome, Brave Scouts and Curious Adventurers, to another reviving episode of the Scouting God Podcast. I'm thrilled to have you join me as we delve deep into the realms of the life-saving merit badge. If you've been following along, we are currently on page 55 of this critical guide, ready to take part of a life-saving skills and knowledge. Whether you're a seasoned scout honing your abilities or a newcomer embarking on a life-changing journey, this episode is your gateway to mastering the art of saving lives. So buckle up your mental seatbelts, open your ears wide, and let's dive right into the heart pounding world of the life-saving merit badge. The double armpit toe can also be used without some buoyant aids, particularly if they are soft and relatively long and narrow, such as rescue tubes from rods or air mattresses. Approach the victim from the rear with the float across your chest and under your arms. Use both your hands to scoop under the victim's arms. Lean back and pull him against the float as you kick backwards. Keep your head to one side to avoid being hit by the victim's head if he moves backwards. Depending on the width of the aid, you may be able to reach all the way under the victim's arms to grasp his shoulders, or wrap your arms across his chest. Under one way, you might be able to let go with one hand so you can swim better. When practicing, use several items rather than mastering a single device. Available flotation aids will vary, and it is important to find a stable position that works. With a suitable aid, it may be easier to roll the victim onto his back rather than pulling him level from the rear. Hold the rescuer aid beneath both of your arms, reach under both of the re- victim's armpits to grasp his shoulders, and pull him firmly against the flotation device. Dip one of your shoulders and roll onto your back. The victim also will roll face up, resting against your chest. This technique works well with a rescue tube, but may not work if you are laying across an air mattress. Also note that you will roll into a position to tow the victim in the direction he was facing when you made contact, or slightly to the side. If that is towards the open water, you will need to turn the undertow in a direction to safety. Several types of flotation aids may be useful for rescuing an unconscious victim. Others, such as a water jug, may not be. If you have trouble controlling the victim's position and or making progress to shore, consider whether the float is an aid or a hindrance. If the distance is short and the victim is not too large, it may be best to drop your aid. This will generally apply in small pools. Wrist tow for front approach. Use a wrist tow for an approaching a face-down victim in the front. It will work well if the victim is at the surface, floating below the surface, or resting face-down on the bottom. After confirming that the victim is unconscious, reach across the victim's opposite wrist as if you were, were shaking hands, and take hold under his wrist with your palm up. Hold firmly and roll your wrist by turning your thumb up and over as you begin your tow. This will return the victim onto his back. Maintaining this grip as you tow the victim to safety with a side stroke. Both your towing arm and the victim's arm should remain straight. Some tension is needed to keep the victim face up. It also is possible to use the wrist tow to place a flotation aid under the victim's shoulders. Hold the aid with one hand and reach across it with the other to grab his wrist. Lift up slightly, twist him onto his back, and shove the float beneath him as he turns. You will then need to change your grip to keep him on the float. You may be able to place one arm over his shoulder and reach across his chest to grab the aid with your hand. That should steady him on the float and leave your other arm free for swimming. Cross Chest Toe The cross chest toe, or carry, gives the victim additional support and can be used if other techniques prove difficult. Both the armpit toe and the wrist toe may be ineffective in some cases. For example, if the victim is not buoyant, these toes are more difficult. Also, the neck muscles of an unconscious victim may no longer keep his head in line with his body. This may make it hard to keep the face of the unconscious victim above the water when using the wrist toe or armpit toe. To do so, 
Change the towing arms as you switch briefly from a side stroke to a back stroke and move behind the victim. Pull the victim close with your towing arm and reach over the victim's shoulder and across his chest when, with the, your other arm. Rest your hand just below his armpit. Hold him firmly against the side of your chest with your hip in the middle of his back. The elbow of your towing arm should be against his chest. Support his head against your shoulder or neck. If the victim starts to sink during the change, use your hip to push him back into a level towing position. Use a side stroke to tow the victim to safety. The cross chest tow offers more support for the victim and is better suited to rough water than other tows. However, it takes a lot of energy and is therefore not well suited for most rescuers over long distances. Try either the armpit toe or the wrist toe first. Submerged victims. An unconscious victim can come to rest anywhere between a surface and the bottom. If the victim is floating just below the surface, reach down and use the wrist toe to bring him up and forward. If he is deeper, you will need to use a surface dive to get closer. Grasp the submerged victim in a local manner, either by his wrist, under one arm, or under both arms. If the bottom is hard and clear, you can shove against it with your legs to help you go up. If the bottom is muddy or covered with weeds, grasp the victim from above with one hand and use the other hand in a strong kick to pull up. If you have a flotation aid, leave it at the surface and grasp it again after you bring the victim up. If you are using a rescue tube with a line, leave the tube at the surface and pull on the line to help you bring you and the victim to the surface. The rescue of a submerged victim is the easiest if the water is relatively shallow and clear enough for you to see both the victim and the bottom. Recovery is more difficult and in some cases impractical if the water is murky or very deep. If you saw the victim go under as you approached but can't see him from the surface, carefully do a feet-first dive in the hope of making contact. If you encounter submerged trees, heavy weeds, or other hidden ob obstacles, abandon your immediate rescue attempt and seek aid. Before returning to shore, take bearings on two parts of objects on shore so you can directly direct the authorities to the accident site. Realistically, at this stage, it may be late to help the victim, but leave the decision to others. It is possible to survive long submission unharmed, particularly if the water is cold. If you do not encounter the victim on the way down, but do, do find a clear bottom, click off a slight angle and extend your arms in front of you. You may find the victim on the way back up. If you don't, tr try several more feet first dives in the same area. If there is a current, direct your attempt in that direction. If two rescuers are present, take turns doing the dives. One rescuer can tread water or float on an aid to serve as a marker, while the other makes a series of dives in a circle around him. Then, the rescuers can trade places. Use caution if the water is too deep to reach the bottom easily. Take one or two deep breaths before each dive to avoid hyperventilating. Also, do not try to dive deeper if the pressure on your ears becomes painful. If you can't reach the bottom, you may still continue the search. It is possible that the victim is floating just beneath the surface. If you do not find the victim, abandon the rescue attempt after you have made a responsible search of the immediate area and before you come exhausted. Leave yourself plenty of energy to make it back to shore. You might not always have a good idea of where a submerged victim is. It is possible to arrive at the scene of a presumed drowning after the victim has disappeared. Witnesses may have only a vague idea of the person's whereabouts, or may even be unsure if he is in the water. If the water is deep but clear, search the area from the surface. It is best to have at least two rescuers. Swim out to the site, 
side by side, several feet apart. Watch the bottom as you go. Once you are in the general area, one rescuer acts as a marker while the other begins swimming in a spiral that gets larger with each loop. When you spot the victim, call out to your buddy before you surface dive. To find a victim in shallow, murky water, form a line of people who know how to swim. Have them link arms and wait across the area, shuffling their feet from side to side. If you form the line along the shore and wait out, stop when anyone in the line gets to, to, to chest deep water. Then move single file parallel to the shore just, for, just under the length of the line. Search another swath on the way back. If you form the line perpendicular to the shore, ideally place taller people further out and sweep the line along the shore. Cross sections in the area until the subject is found, or each part of the area has been searched at least twice. If you do not know where the victim is in deep, murky water, do not attempt an underwater search alone. The chances of you finding the victim are slim. Get help from someone more qualified. Finding an unconscious victim. An unconscious victim needs to be moved as quickly as possible to where breathing and pulse can be monitored and CPR can be done if necessary. It is sometimes possible to start rescue breathing in shallow water or at the side of a boat. But the unconscious victim should normally be removed from the water and placed on a rigid surface. Removing an unconscious victim from the water often takes more than one rescuer. Beach drag. A drag is a relatively easy and safe way for one or more rescuers to move an unconscious victim when there is a sloping bottom. During this tow, the victim will be on his back. Once your feet touch bottom, grasp the victim under his armpits and pull him onto the beach by slowly walking backward. Support his head with your forearms or against your chest as much as possible. Bear his weight with your arms. Gently lower him to the ground once he is clear of the water. If the victim is heavy, have someone help by taking hold on one of his arms while you hold the other. If you are alone, you may need to squat as you move into shallow water to support the water as to continue to support him. Even if you only have his head past the water's edge, it should be particularly close enough to begin rescutation if needed. Vertical lift. This technique is used for an unconscious victim at a vertical edge, for example, in a pool, by a lower pier, or in a step riverbank. It requires from one to four people, depending on the relative size of the people involved, the condition of the bank, and the depth of the water at the edge. Ideally, two rescuers should be on shore above the victim and another in the water beside the victim. If needed, more, move the victim along the edge where the rescuers in the water can stand. First rescuer tows the victim to the side and holds him facing the edge while the others get into position. The onshore rescuers crouch. Earn each grasp one of the victim's arms at as near to the armpits as is comfortable. If the water is shallow enough to stand in, the rescuer in the water prepares to lift at the victim's hips. On a signal, the rescuers lift the subject until his hips or thighs are level with the side, then lower him face down onto the ground. Take care to protect his head and do not ro roll the victim onto his back until his hips are firmly supported. That is, don't bend the victim over the edge on the small of his back. The rescuer in the water can help lift the victim's legs as a person on shore pulls them clear of the ledge. If only the initial rescuer and one other person are available, the person on shore holds the victim in position while the first rescuer leaves the water. The two position themselves on each side of the victim and grab his arms. On signal, they lift the victim clear of the edge and they work to lower him on the ground or deck.
If you are alone, you probably can lift a small person on a short distance by yourself. Turn the victim to face the edge, then slide one or both of your arms beneath the armpits and grasp the edge. Support the victim's head on your shoulder. Place his hands, one on top of the other, over the edge. Hold his hands in place with one hand and use your other arm to boost yourself out of the water. Crouch on the edge and grasp the victim's wrists. Lift him clear of the water as you can stand up using your arms and legs to lift rather than your back. After the victim's hips clear the edge, step back with one leg and slowly lower him to the ground. Cushion his head with your thigh. Do not roll the victim onto his back until his hips and thighs are clear of the water. If the victim is too large for you to lift this way, hold him at the slide while calling for help. Lifeguards have an easier, relatively simple way to remove a person from a pool using a backboard to slide the person out. That technique requires both a backboard and at least two rescuers. If you are at a pool with only a single lifeguard on duty, follow their instructions. Have to care for an unconscious victim. As you bring the unconscious victim to safe, safely ashore, make sure that the emergency medical aid is on its way. Identify a call to 911 should have already been made as you started the rescue. If emergency medical help has arrived or someone on shore has advanced first aid training, take turn care of the victim over to them. If you still appear to be the most qualified person, take the victim's vital signs as soon as you get him out of the water. An unconscious victim will probably need rescue breathing and may need CPR. See the first aid for water rescue chapter. If the victim is breathing but is still unconscious, place him in a recovery position. See first aid for water rescue. And keep him warm until help arrives. Ask the victim's friends if they know of any medical condition that they have might have led to this difficulty in the water. Also check to see if the victim wears a medical alert bracelet. If the victim remains conscious, either on his own or because of your efforts at CPR, help him in inactive until emergency help arrives. He may feel okay and rebuff further attention, but real danger may still exist. Submerged victims also have aspired water, that is, inhaled a small amount of water, may collapse hours after the rescue. Inhaled water can irritate the lungs and cause them to fill with fluid from within the body. Foreign matter in the lungs can also lead to pneumonia. Any victim who loses consciousness, stopped breathing, or choked on water should undergo prompt medical evaluation. Contact rescues for a conscious victim without rescue equipment. Most contact rescues involving a conscious victim are not usually necessary and can put rescuer at risk. Unfortunately, untrained people go drown trying to save others when they let the victim grab them. In most cases, search rescues can be avoided since an aid is almost always possible to find within a few seconds. Only a few situations call for the contact rescue of an active victim. Here are some examples. A calm person asks for help because of a fatigue, cramps, or another problem. If you must enter the water to help such a person, take a buoyant aid with you. However, if you are already in the water, it might take too long to retrieve an aid. Even then, it may be possible to lead to the victim to safety without contact. Some conscious victims will be unable to grasp or keep a grip on a rescue aid, particularly if it is non-buoyant, because of rough water or a medical problem such as a stroke or seizure. The victim of a spinal injury may be conscious but unable to grasp an aid. Conscious or not, all spinal victims require special handling techniques that involve direct contact there are co that are covered later spinal injury management. A small child or an infant may be in trouble close to short. In this case, a contact rescue may be an effective option with little risk.
Tired swimmer assists. A tired swimmer often just needs encouragement and coaxing, but if he needs physical assistance and you do not have a towing aid, one option is to have him float on his back. You can then help him using the armpit toe, discussing the unconscious victims. Give him clear instructions and keep talking to him, alert and cooperative. If the person is comfortable on his back, this is probably the best way to cover distance. Have him kick to help both of you along. If the tired swimmer is slowly swimming on his stomach, with his head up and safety is close, you can also use an underarm swing along. Gently push him forward as he swims on his own by placing one hand under his armpit with your thumb up. Swim alongside and slightly to the rear. Let him set the pace. Simply provide support. Don't try to shove him faster forward faster than he can keep up. Lead and waste tactics. If you are faced with a panicked victim, have no equipment, First, try to talk to the victim. If he can keep his head above water, he can swim. He just isn't making the right mentions. Tell him to level off and kick towards you. If he does not follow your instructions, he may at least move in your direction. If he does, keep encouraging him as you back up towards the shore, telling him to come to you so you can help. Little by little, you may be able to lead him into shallow water without making contact. If an active victim will not follow you to shore, back off and wait. He may become more cooperative as he tries. As long as the victim can keep his head above the water, the water is warm and no currents are carrying you towards danger, you are not forced to act. Stay close enough to, pla to place the victim in a toe if it becomes necessary. As for a conscious victim, if an active drowning subject will not grab a rescue aid or you have been forced to wait for a struggling victim to tire, then a contact toe may be necessary. Use your judgment. You obviously should not make contact with a violently thrashing person, but that is not a common drowning response. It is more likely that the victim will be about to submerge by the time you reach him. Even so, when you approach a conscious victim without equipment, first approach them from the front and try to get him to respond to your commands. Once it is clear that the victim will not remain on the surface much longer, swim into position behind him. If he follows you around, let him follow you further. It is not yet time for a contact rope. Do not make contact without telling the victim what you are going to do. Two of the toes used for an unconscious victim also may be used for conscious victims. The armpit toe and cross chest toe. Use a wrist toe only with conscious victims. Never attempt a contact rescue if a non-contact rescue is possible. Also, remember that wearing your PFD will make contact rescuers much safer and often easier to perform. Armpit toe. Once you are behind the victim, tuck your legs under your body and lean away from him. Decide on which to use for the toe and which to use for the stroke. Paddle to the victim and tell him you are going to tow him to safety. Then, grab his under his armpit with your thumb and the other side. Immediately begin swimming to keep his face above the water. Tell him to lean back and relax. Use whatever kicks gives you the most power. It is easier to tow the victim if he floats on his back, but conscious victims may want to keep their heads up. This will cause the victim's feet to sink. Try to tow fast enough to keep the victim level. Continue to encourage him to relax and float on his back. If he thrashes out and breaks your grip, back off and under and reconsider the, the situation. Don't try to overpower a victim. It is an unnecessary risk that wastes the energy needed for the tow. Cross chest toe. If you have trouble controlling the victim's position and keeping his face clear of the water with the armpit toe, you can change to the cross chest toe. This may make it easier to keep your grip in choppy water 
or with a struggling victim. Even so, if the victim continues to thrash, let go, back off, and wait for him to tire before trying again. Be aware that the cross chest toe can be very tiring for the rescuer. So far, the cross chest ha toe has been described as coming after other toes toes in a progression forming less control to more, more control of the victim's position. However, you can use it right away if it seems best for a given situation. This also may be easier than switching from one toe to another. Make sure to swim on your strongest side if you start with the cross chest toe. Begin by approaching the victim from the rear. Tell him that you are going to hold him up and pull him to shore. Reach across his shoulder with your towing arm, grasp under his armpit, and clamp your elbows to his chest. Try not to push down on him. As you secure your grip, lean back, push up with your hips, and take a few quick, strong pulls with your free arm to level the victim. Use a side stroke to tow the victim to safety. Either a regular or an inverted scissor kick may be used, whichever is more comfortable and allows you to keep the victim's head up out of the water. Special Rescue Dives Special dives and procedures that a rescuer can use in a various situations include a rescue tube, a rescue buoy, and a rescue board. Rescue tube. The rescue tube is an oblong piece of vinyl covered, covered in foam designed for in-water assists. It has a shoulder strap and tow line attached to one end. Sometimes it has a snap on the other end to allow the tube to be wrapped around an unconscious victim. Place the strap over your shoulder and neck. Grasp the tube and the line in one hand for a beach entry or an ease-in entry. For a leaping or jump entry, clutch a tube to your chest with the ends under your arms. Hold the line in one hand and make sure it is clear before you jump. Keep the tube under your arms during the approach. Use either a breaststroke or a crawl with your head up. Approach a conscious subject from the front and shout encouragement as you get near. Remove the tube from your arms and grasp it with one hand near the strap. Lean away from the victim and stroke with your free arm to move closer and slightly up this to the side. Push the tube sideways until it touches him. Release it and back up off out of reach, but not so far that the strap pulls the tube away from the victim. If needed, slip the strap off your shoulder and move even further away. After the victim has a good grip on the tube, ask if he can kick himself to shore. If he can, stay close by and encourage him. If the victim is unable to get himself to safety, tell him that you will tow him in. Wait until he is fairly calm. Ask him to grip the tube firmly, then grasp the tube near the strap and slowly begin swimming with a side stroke to shore. The rescue tube can also be used for an unconscious victim if you don't suspect a spinal injury. Approach a face-down victim from the rear, the tube under your arms. Scoop the elbow under his armpits, grab the shoulders, and roll onto your back by dipping one shoulder. That roll him face up with the tube between his back and your chest. You can use a whip kick to tow the victim a short distance without changing your grip. You can also change to a cross chest toe. Release the victim with one arm while you use the other to hold him against the tube. Reach across his shoulder and chest with your free hand and grasp the tube. Let go with your other hand and use it for swimming. Rescue buoy. A rescue buoy, or can, is a rigid piece of plastic float with m mottled hands and a tow line. It is often used for surf rescue, but may be used in any body of water. The rescue tows it behind during the approach and presents it to the victim, who grasps the handle. Rescue board. A rescue board can slice through waves more easily than a person can swim. It can also be used to support an unconscious victim and paddle him to safety. Although a rescue board is a special device, similar techniques can be used with surfboards, bodyboards, sit-on-top kayaks, or even sailboats if the ma mass is not attached. 
but it takes practice to use the board efficiently in the surf. The following covers only basic use of this aid. Lie on the board with your head up. Rescue boards or surfboards can be propelled with your arms. With body boards, it is best to wear fins and kick. For a conscious victim, slip off the board during your final approach on the side, opposite of the victim. Then push the board sideways to him. If he has trouble holding on, grasp his wrists from across the board. When he has calmed down, switch, swim the board to shore. With an unconscious victim, you may be able to reach across and pull his arms far enough on the board to keep his head clear of the water. You can lie across the board yourself and hold him on the other side. Call out for help. An unconscious victim will probably need rescue breathing or CPR as soon as possible. There you have it, fellows. Explorers of knowledge, we've reached the end of yet another enlightening episode on the Scouting Guide podcast. We've delved into the depths of the life-saving merit badge, unwrapping its intricacies and unraveling and viable insights to equip you with the power to make a difference. Remember that the journey doesn't end here. Keep practicing, keep learning, and keep embracing the ethos of scouting to be prepared, to be vigilant, and above all, to be ready to lend a helping hand. Thank you for tuning in and joining me on this adventure. Until next time, stay curious, stay courageous, and keep scouting on.